Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. You're locked in. Look at what we have here, folks. To the only show that matters. The cream of the crop. Duke loves wrestling. And there is no one that does it better than your host. I have come here to chew bubblegum and kick ass. The Duke. And I'm all out of bubblegum. The response that I've been getting since I started this this amazing WOW Superheroes Season 2 series on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast has just been through the roof. I mean, I, I promised everybody that I would deliver some of the, the top-notch content, get you some of the best guests in the wrestling world today, and it certainly has worked out very well. But I got to tell you, Every now and then, there's somebody that just doesn't understand how to get with the program. And you know me, I'm the Duke, okay? I don't play any games here. So if I say somebody needs to come on this show and they start giving me a hard time, I got to get a little nasty with them, you know? I got to start flexing on them. You, You know what I'm talking about, folks. So there's a guy who is part of the Wild Superheroes family. And he refused. Can you believe this? He refused to be a guest on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. Now, a lot of folks said, hey, Duke, don't worry about it, man. You know, you, you can find somebody else on the show. But I said, uh-uh, I'm not going to put up with that. So I contacted the world's greatest attorney, Sophia Lopez, okay? You already heard her come on the show and she said she is my pro bono attorney. She doesn't even charge me, and she goes out there and straightens people out left and right for me every time I need it. So I said, Sophia Lopez, I need you to draft up some legal paperwork, and I need you to deliver it to everybody over at Wild Superheroes, everybody over there at Access TV, and to this person in particular, and let them know that under no circumstances can they refuse to be a guest on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. Well, let me tell you something, folks. As always, the world's greatest attorney, Sophia Lopez, she came through. So, ha ha, because like I said, the Duke always gets his way. Without further ado, the person who refused to come on the show, yet somehow, someway, they're here now. The voice of WOW superheroes, Stephen Dickey. How are you, Steve? You know, Duke, I'm doing really well, but uh, mostly because Sofia Lopez gave me a briefcase with an undisclosed amount of money in it, so that's what brings me here today. Oh, uh, I'm going to have to edit that out because that, that's <laughs> not good. Uh, yeah, i got to make a note to edit that out. Uh, but let's just let's move on from that. We don't need to discuss that any further because that okay. not, i I got to talk to her about that. Okay. Anyway, hey, you know, it's 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 Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you, uh, Stephen Dickey. So I, I got a question. Happy for Thanksgiving you. to you as well, Duke. Thank you. Thank you. And this is a big deal here, okay? Oh, yeah. I need to know, what's the main event in the Dickey household? What is the one food that when it comes to Thanksgiving and is rolled out, this is the thing that literally 
sets the whole place on fire. Everybody's excited. They can't wait to dig in. What is that number one Thanksgiving food? You know, that's uh, it's a tough call. I mean, everybody's got turkey, mashed potatoes. You know, everybody's got the usual stuff, right, stuffing. Everybody's got the same thing for Thanksgiving. But the two things that really cement Thanksgiving for me, and if I'm coming around, the, the two things that everybody knows to have ready for Thanksgiving is green bean casserole. My mom makes a mean green bean casserole, and it is a staple of every Thanksgiving. It is my absolute favorite. Love me some green bean casserole. And the other thing i got to have is deviled eggs. Those two dishes are absolute must-haves for me. Let me give you a little tip here from the Duke, because, you know, I'm a guy that Mm -hmm. I have a palate that is very well-versed in all the tasty morsels from around the world. Trust me, okay? I'm an expert on this. Okay. you got to find some honey ginger dressing. Okay. Okay. You you can usually find it in the salad dressing aisle at your favorite grocery store, but you got to find some of that honey ginger or even sesame ginger, and you can put a little honey in it yourself. Okay. I like to pour that. I, I like to heat it up, you know. So pour out a little bit and put it in the microwave for about fifteen seconds, mm-hmm. and and then I pour that over my green bean casserole. Oh, now you're speaking you my language. That? You yeah. see that? See. See, because I like the honey ginger dressing, because that's what they usually have at, like, a Benihana or, like, okay. a, a Japanese steakhouse. Yes, that is okay. – I'm, I'm with you there. That would definitely spice it up a little bit, give it, uh, give it a little better – I like that a lot. I'm going to have to, uh, I'm gonna have to tell, uh, tell Mama Dickie about that one. I'm telling you, Mama Dickie, you can pay me later, but obviously <laughs> you got to put that dressing on that green bean casserole, and I'm telling you, as Emerald would say, we just kicked it up a notch. That's right. That's right. That's yeah. right. You and David McLean, both mm-hmm. are the voice of WOW superheroes. And this is a show on Access TV, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturdays. Uh, you folks just wrapped up season two, which was so exciting because last week's guest, The Beast, she did what she said she was going to do. Tessa Blanchard, the, literally the greatest wrestler in the world today the beast was able to defeat her and become the wild superheroes world champion talk to me about this season here uh, steve how did it go for you and how exciting was it to see that title change i've been doing this for seven almost eight years now so i've called a lot of world title matches but every time it seems like everything gets that much better i mean last time we saw a title change tessa beat jungle girl to win the championship and then, of course, now we see the Beast beat Tessa to win the championship. I mean, Tessa Blanchard's involvement alone, like you said, she's arguably the biggest star of professional wrestling right now. So with her involvement and everything, it just feels like everything has been amplified times ten. So to see her and the Beast, just two absolute juggernauts, two people who always give it like 110% inside the ring, they only have one speed, and that's full speed. Like, to see those two... In the ring with each other is just amazing. Like, I absolutely love watching those two work individually, and then to see those two come together and work together, you know, in a match, and both deliver just like their greatest hits. It was, uh, I loved it. I absolutely loved it. Being ringside for that was tremendous. The season itself, though, I mean, it's like, you know, every season, I feel like we find new stars, new elements, new things that make each season better than the last. 
And it's funny coming in every time I walk into the Belasco Theater, I'm like, how are we going to how are we going to top what we did last time? Like it almost seems impossible because you know, especially once Tessa got involved, like Tessa just like I said, she amped everything up times ten. Of like she just she delivers some of her best matches, and then this season I'm like, well, how is she going to top that? And anybody who's watched Tessa for an extended period of time knows she always finds a way to one up herself. You know, it's like she's reached that point in her career. She's reached that point as an athlete where she's not one upping other wrestlers or other competitors or other performers. She's one upping herself because she truly is the best. So then to see the beast in there who hasn't been wrestling for that long of a period of time go in there and hold her own against Tessa and really go toe to toe with her and step up her game from performance aspect was just tremendous. It was a perfect way to cap the season because we just had everybody bring their A game. Everybody did the best they could. And then to cap it with those two, it was like it was the perfect cherry on top of the Sunday that we had been crafting for the last 12 weeks. And there was another title that was officially passed off, you know, officially earned, Fire and Adrenaline. They became the latest WOW Superheroes World Tag Team Champions. Talk to us about that tag team right there, because it was an interesting pairing. I mean, both ladies were, were singles wrestlers, and then they were put together, and it seems like they're, they're just the peanut butter and jelly, like it was meant to be. Oh, it, it really is. It's like those two have such chemistry in the ring. Uh, you know, I've been a fan of Adrenaline for a long time. You know, obviously she competed in the Indies uh, under her other monikers, Angel Rose and Diamante. When she came to WOW, I was just floored. I was like, I've watched her for a few years, and I've been super impressed with what she can do. She's a great single star, uh, so I was, I was happy to see her in there. And then, of course, Fire we had last year, and Fire was – you know, a huge hit with everybody. The fans just took to her so well. Our great production team behind the scenes shot some wonderful material for her. They got her looking like a million bucks. And then, so to, to pair those two together just made sense, you know, with the, with the chemistry that they just had right off the bat. To see, you know, how they, how they flow and how they gel and how they, they, they melt together in the ring was just, it was great. I mean, it was like every, every match, every match was better than the last. They came up with new things. From you know that they, that we hadn't seen in the match before. Not not every match was the same, which I think can happen. You know, especially for the way we film our shows, it's it's three nights in a row. You know that we uh, that we shoot four episodes each, which makes twelve episodes. You know, so sitting there, sitting there three nights in a you know for shooting four episodes in one night, four episodes another night, four episodes the last night. You know, you you worry about the performers, and are you going to see that kind of repetition? Uh, but no, I mean, I, I, you know, obviously everybody has their signature style in the ring, but Fire and Adrenaline found this way to bring something new to each match, and I loved it. I loved calling every second of their matches. Those are two of the most exciting athletes that I've had the pleasure of, uh, of, of, of working with, and two of the most exciting ones I've seen in the ring. Speaking of exciting, there's another tag team that recently formed this season. We're talking about Jesse Jones teaming up with Amber O'Neill and, and, whether they call themselves grits and glam or, or what have you, <laughs> these yeah. ladies have been kicking butt and taking names all over the place. Did you did you think that pairing was going to work? Because on the surface, they seem so different from each other, but yet they have just completely put on wrestling clinics in that ring. I think the reason they seem so different from each other is because of the whole Beverly Hills, Beverly Hills Babe moniker and, and Amber's pairing with Lana Starr. But truly, I mean – 
Amber coming out there with the, you know, the, the plaid and the Daisy Dukes and everything like that. That's, she's from, I mean, she truly is from Charlotte, North Carolina. She's that, that she genuinely enjoys dirt bikes and being outside and outdoors and camping and hunting and things like that. So while it doesn't make sense, it didn't make sense, you know, with Amber coming from the whole Beverly Hills Babe moniker into this, it didn't necessarily make sense because of that. I mean, that truly is who Amber is and that's, that's, why her pairing with Jesse just made sense because they are one and the same. And they've both been wrestling for so long. They have such a great – they're just true veterans of the ring. So to get those two together, I mean, a lot of experience coming together. They both have been in tag teams previously. Amber has a long history as a tag team with uh, Christy Bain, former, former – you know, they were known as Team Blondage together. Uh, so Amber's a tag team specialist. Jesse has great tag team experience with Selena Majors. Uh, so, I mean, those two coming together just made absolute sense to me. And I was happy to see it. I mean, it was, it was great to see Amber kind of have a life after Lana Starr and kind of get back to her roots. And then her and Jesse together, they're both technicians in the ring. They're both great strategists. They're both veterans. They're both just have this, this very similar mindset. They both wrestle a very similar style. So when I heard those two were entering the tag team series together, I was like, this just makes perfect sense. This is, a match made in heaven, and I think it's going to be one of the most entertaining things in the world because those two crack me up on a just a daily basis. They're just two of the most entertaining people you'll ever meet. We're talking to Stephen Dickey, the voice of WOW Superheroes. Again, it's that exciting wrestling program that you can catch Saturdays on Access TV, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. They just finished up Season 2. I really can't wait to see what's going to happen next, uh, hopefully Season 3 starts up soon because just the way that they capped off this season two was just so exciting. It's it's funny, Stephen, because you're a guy who is in there with David and, and you're calling all this action and it can get so intense. It can be yeah. so taxing on the voice, especially this season. Just about every single match was exciting. Every single match was action-packed. What is your process here, Steve? Because... You have a great voice, and you're able to keep it going there. Is there any kind of ritual or anything that you do to prepare for wild superheroes when you're calling the action there? The, the one thing that everybody recommends is rest your voice. Unfortunately, with the fact that with production, production's not just the hours we're shooting the show. Production is everything that, the, the, that leads up to it. From the minute I wake up at, the, at my hotel to the minute I get to the theater, to the minute I sit down, to until we, you know, call the final bell for the evening. That's all production. So, unfortunately, resting your voice isn't always an option. So what I do is, like, uh, I feel like I was definitely better prepared this last time. We just shot uh, episodes back in September that have yet to air on Access. And we're going to, you know, so, so that was, I feel like I was much better prepared for that than I was when we shot this season which we filmed back in May of this year. So these were these episodes were shot in May of 2019, and then we just finished airing them, of course, here in November. But my process really, you know, other than resting the voices, I am literally, I have cough drops in my pocket at all times to help soothe the voice. I recommend honey. Honey is great for the voice. Uh, when I get to the theater, I always make sure that, thankfully, we've got great production assistance. They always make sure I've got tea, chamomile, I think was, was the one that somebody gave me last time, and it was just, it soothed my throat so much. 
So a lot of tea, water, carbonated drinks aren't really good for it if you're if you're looking to, to preserve your voice. You know, I, I always I always like to joke. I have a cocktail with me at ring, not cocktail in the alcoholic sense, but a cocktail of I have the tea for my throat. I have cough drops. I have water, and I always have a Red Bull to keep my energy up. So it's like those things are what I always have with me at ringside. If you ever get a chance to glimpse down at the table while they show us, you, there's usually tea and cough drops and water and Red Bull all over the place because I'm just trying to, you know, keep my energy up, keep my voice in the game. Like I said, I was better prepared for the shows we just had in September. The shows in May, I actually did lose my voice on night three, which would have been episodes eight through 12, nine through 12, sorry. Episodes nine through 12, I actually did lose my voice. So it was it was uh, something we had to go back in post-production and cover up, uh, you know, not to pull back the curtain too much, not to break the fourth wall too much there, but we really did. I mean, it was like uh, David, uh, he I don't think his voice was as bad as mine, but I know from the stuff he was doing in the ring and then doing the commentary at ringside, he lost his a little bit of his voice too. So we were just, we were in bad shape. Night uh, night three back in May was, was definitely a, a misadventure and definitely a learning experience, but we were yeah, we were on top of our game this last time in September. He and I were just firing on all cylinders. By the time Night 3 came around, we both had a voice, and uh, we think it came out wonderful. And uh, we can't wait for everybody to hear how we came out and see those matches. Well, I can tell you, you guys did a great job because that's definitely not something that was too noticeable, uh, at least for somebody listening for the first time. It, it just everything flowed so well and, and seemed so normal. So that, that's interesting. That's good to know. Thank you. You're a guy that's a very experienced commentator. You know, obviously, while superheroes is not the only thing that you've done where, you know, you've used your voice, which is your moneymaker, so to speak. You've utilized your voice as a thing that is going to help enhance whatever visuals people see. What sort of advice do you have for folks who are thinking about getting into that aspect of, of any business where, you know, they're going to be relying on their voice, whether whether they're a, a teacher that has to do a lot of lecturing or if they're radio or if they want to be a pro wrestling commentator. What sort of other advice can you give for folks who want to make their voice the, their number one moneymaker, so to speak? It's a good question. Uh, I really think the, the biggest thing is if you're using your voice for as, as, as your moneymaker, then the biggest thing is taking care of it, obviously, like we talked about with like what I do with tea, honey, cough drops, things like that. Uh, but also practice. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's, you know, not to go Allen Iverson on either, but, you know, practice. It really does. You, you practice different things. I always like to, you know, uh, one thing I always did growing up that I didn't even think prepared me for this was I always like to do impressions, impersonations, voices, accents, things like that. So doing those really helped me become more of a well-rounded announcer, I feel like, because you learn things about uh, uh, how to do different inflection, how to do different uh, 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 vocal exercises to help train your voice and get you ready and, and get everything to a point where by the time you're in front of people, uh, you're going to sound as good as you can. Uh, that's so, I mean, practice, uh, repetition, you know, going over different things, trying different dialects, trying different voices, different accents. And then, honestly, just don't be afraid to sound like yourself. You know, you always want to sound professional, but I've had several people, you know, approach me and say, uh, like, just this last time when we filmed in September, one of the makeup artists, she said, she said, uh, you're not from around here, are you? And I said, 
no. Why do you say that? She was like, because I can tell by your accent. So I'm from Indiana. And to me, to the people around me, I don't have an accent. But I go out to L.A. to film the shows, and all of a sudden, I have an accent. Just like, you know, you, I know you're from the, uh, the, you're from the Northeast there, Duke, you know, Boston type area. You know, you guys have your own regional sound and dialect and accents that are up there. So, you know, don't be afraid of that. Don't, don't run away from that. Don't try to hide it because honestly, you're going to sound worse trying to mask your natural vocal tendencies than just going with what comes naturally to you. So that's one thing. I don't try to run away from the fact that I have a little bit of a uh, an Indiana sound to my voice. It gives me a unique voice. It's just like J.R., Jim Ross, my idol. Uh, and when it comes to professional wrestling announcing, he doesn't run from the fact that he is, uh, you know, 100% boomer sooner from Oklahoma. Uh, it gives him one of the most unique voices out there, and nobody else sounds like J.R. So that's one thing I honestly pride myself on. I don't think anybody else sounds like me. I don't think anybody sounds like Stephen Dickey out there. So I think that's one thing to, you know, don't run away from that. Embrace how your voice naturally sounds. Try to sound as professional as you can. Project the best you can. But but the more natural you can be, the more unique you're going to sound because nobody sounds like you. And that's what people want in this business. They want a unique voice. That's some very strong advice there. And, and this is what I'm talking about, folks. This is why this guy is so successful because he, he takes a very – professional approach to what he's doing and there's a lot of thought behind it and as you You're can see blush, well hey as you can see with the wild superhero <laughs> product you definitely have provided the soundtrack for the awesome paintings the awesome art that we see on the screen so the two just work so well together and, and that's why it legitimately is one of the most entertaining programs on television today so so tell us steven if whether it be fans who who appreciate your commentary, uh, whether it be other opportunities out there to utilize your voice, hey, even brands like Red Bull or or Cock Drop or, or Tea Brands, if they want to <laughs> reach out to you and see if there can be some kind of uh, mutual business to be had there, what's the best way to reach Stephen Dickey? Not to be funny here, but my DMs are open. You yeah, direct message me on Twitter. Uh, I'm also on Instagram. My uh, handles are the same on both Twitter and Instagram. Steven, double underscore, Dickey, S-T-E-P-H-E-N, underscore, underscore, D-I-C-K-E-Y. So, I mean, you reach me on that. Uh, you can DM me on either Instagram or Twitter. I'm active on both. I always love hearing from fans. If you just want to, you know, shoot the breeze about wrestling. I've been a wrestling fan since I was 10 years old. Feel free to reach out to me anytime. I love it. I eat, sleep, live, and breathe this business. His name is Stephen Dickey. He is the voice of WOW Superheroes. Once again, that's the program on Access TV, Saturdays, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. They just finished up Season 2. I want everybody to write their letters, send their emails, do their social media posts. Ask Access TV, ask WOW Superheroes, when are we going to get Season 3? We want to see what's going to happen next. We want to hear more Stephen Dickey. You see that, folks? That's what happens when you play games with the Duke, okay? I had to get the world's greatest attorney, Sophia Lopez. She had to, you know, put out a few threats on my behalf. She had to let folks know what's what. And that's Stephen Dickey. You know, he's he and David McClain, they're the voice of WoW superheroes. He's a nice guy, but 
you know, when you threaten him with Sofia Lopez, the world's greatest attorney, that's when he starts to straighten up. So shout out to Stephen Dickey. I'm sure he's going to continue to do a great job on wow superheroes. Once again, access TV, 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on Saturdays. You can catch that. And I'll tell you what a fantastic season finale that was. I mean, to see the beast defeat Tessa Blanchard, becoming the wow superheroes world champion. That was so great course like we said we had fire and adrenaline they became the wild superheroes tag team champions that was pretty awesome in its own right and hey an even funnier uh thing there steffi slays finally she finally defeated that no good governor's daughter abilene maverick you know in, in abilene maverick you got what you deserved she had the audacity to tell me listen to this folks this is serious business here she had the audacity to tell the duke that I needed to try vegan barbecue. Ugh. Can you believe that? Vegan barbecue. Okay. So I let her know you're not going to pour barbecue sauce on a piece of kale and try to tell me that's just as good as barbecue ribs, Jack. It ain't going to happen. Give me a break. Give me a break. So she lost her match and it probably has everything to do with that vegan barbecue she's been eating lately. I don't know. So Abilene Maverick. Hey. That's how the vegan barbecue crumbles, kid. You got that right. And shout out to Steffi Slays. She finally, she won the Battle of Texas. Okay, so Steffi Slays officially in the wild superheroes world. She is the queen of Texas from now on. That's right. I said it. That's right. That's right. Listen, happy Thanksgiving, everybody. That, that's the big deal right here. I mean, listen, whew, you already know. I can't wait to eat. In fact, we got a special guest coming up later in the show. Returning guest, the pastor of wrestling, Mr. Kevin West. He is going to bless the Duke Loves Wrestling feast. Okay, so you're not going to want to miss that. In fact, it's so good, you'll be able to play it for your family right before you dig in. So, yeah, definitely want to check that out. But before we get get to that, I want to get ahead of myself here. I want to go over... This crazy weekend of fantastic wrestling. I know we talked about the WOW Superheroes season finale, which was great. We also had NXT TakeOver War Games, and we had Survivor Series. So I'm going to start off with Survivor Series. I'm going to do a quick recap to share my thoughts on that because it was a pretty good card. And then I'll end with, with NXT TakeOver War Games, which in my opinion was the best. That was the best card. But let's start off with Survivor Series. So the first match was a 10-team interbrand tag team battle royal, which was just a hodgepodge of craziness, just pure craziness. But in the end, Dolph Ziggler and glorious Robert Roode, they last eliminated the Street Profits, so they were able to win the match on behalf of SmackDown. So remember, SmackDown, Raw, and NXT were battling for brand supremacy. So in most of these matches, you had representatives from all three brands. And the idea is which brand is the strongest brand of them all. So check one off for SmackDown. The second match was Leo Rush, Tazawa, and Kalisto. So this was a triple threat match for the NXT cruiserweight championship leo rush ended up winning thank goodness for that and and this is a fun match i mean these all three of these guys they work hard 
you know, they got that cruiserweight style, a little bit of flippy flippy in there, but it makes sense. It, it actually makes sense. The flippy flippy stuff that they do. Okay. The flippy dippy. Okay. So, and shout out to Leo Rush. I'm so proud of that guy. You know, he stood up for himself. He let it be known that there were some things going on in that company that he wasn't going to put up with. Primarily, you know, why Bobby Lashley was taking bookings by himself when he and Leo Rush were a package deal. Why were t-shirts, why do they have catchphrases on them when there were phrases that Leo Rush came up with and Leo wasn't getting any of that action financially. So Leo Rush stuck up for himself and good for him. They took him off TV for a while and they took him away from Bobby Lashley. But look at him now. He's the cruiserweight champion doing his own thing and doing a great job. So I'm a Leo Rush guy. Good good dude, man. Good dude. Next up, we had the uh, Tag Team Champions Triple Threat Match. New Day, the undisputed era of uh, Bobby Fish and Kyle O'Reilly against the Viking Raiders. And in the end, it was the Viking Raiders who won this match. So that was pretty cool. So Raw gets on the board after NXT has won two matches in a row. And and what's interesting about this whole thing is a cool backstory. So Roe, this is one of the Viking Raiders. He is one of the people that helped train Kofi Kingston when Kofi was just breaking into the business. So over at Chaotic Wrestling here in Massachusetts, Roe at the time, he was Handsome Johnny. He was one of Kofi's trainers. So it's just kind of crazy. It, it, it reminds me of something so important. Be careful how you treat people in life. Because on your way up to the top, you may encounter them, but you're certainly going to encounter them again on your way to the bottom. So you got to be good to people, man. And even when people are not so good to you, that doesn't mean you have to stoop to their level all the time. So I think it's fantastic that here we are so many years later. I mean, it's over. It's been over a decade now. And Kofi and Roe are in a match where it, there were periods where they were. It was just those two in the ring and they were beating each other up. And it was just fantastic. I actually tweeted about it. And Kofi liked the tweet. Because I'm sure, you know, it made him stop and think to himself, too. Like, this is crazy. One of my trainers is on one of the top pay-per-views of the year and it's WWE mind you and we're in a match against each other it's crazy crazy stuff man but the Viking Raiders they won that match you know these guys they they haven't lost many matches especially since they've been on the main roster they they have I think they're undefeated to be honest with you so that's pretty cool that's pretty cool Next up, we had a uh, 5-1-5 women's match, and this is a traditional Survivor Series match. So you had Team Raw, which was Charlotte Flair, Natty, Asuka, Kairi Sane, and Sarah Logan against Team SmackDown, which was Sasha, Carmella, Dana Brooke, Lacey Evans, and Nikki Cross versus Team NXT, Rhea Ripley, Bianca Belair, Candice LeRae, Ido Shirai, and Tony Storm. And what was interesting about this match is the fact that I believe it was all of those women, with the exception of Tony Storm, they were in the War Games match the night before. For the, I'm talking Team NXT, but mind you. So the fact that they were able to do that crazy War Games match, which I'm going to talk about, 
And the next night they're in this 5-1-5 match. It was just insane. So to make a long story short, there was just such great stuff. I mean, you had Rhea Ripley and Charlotte. You had Rhea Ripley and Sa- in fact, it was Rhea Ripley and Sasha, Sasha Banks. They were the last two remaining until a couple of the NXT girls came back. And in the end, Rhea Ripley was the one who won the match. She defeated. Listen to what I'm just saying to you. She defeated Sasha Banks to reign supreme in the 515 Women's Survivor Series triple threat match, elimination match. Craziness, man. Just craziness. So again, NXT wins another match. And that was a 28-minute match. I mean, it went long. And in the beginning, it was kind of shaky. I'm going to admit that. It was kind of shaky. But once we got most of the extras out of the way, in the end, it made sense. In fact, there was a fun spot where Asuka, she spit green mist in Charlotte Flair's face, which was just awesome. Awesome. And it happened again on Monday Night Raw the next night, which was even better. So <laughs> there's a thing going on. There's a new feud with Charlotte and Asuka, I guess. It's good stuff. All right, next up, we had a uh, champions triple threat match. AJ Styles representing Raw, and he's a United States champ. Shinsuke Nakamura, SmackDown's Continental champion. And Roddy Strong, the NXT North American champion. Roddy Strong ended up winning this match. NXT wins again. (laughs) And let me tell you something. This was definitely one of the top matches of the weekend. Uh, it was just great to see these three go at it, you know, and, and, and Roddy Strong, he held his own very well. You know, he's the master of the backbreaker, so to speak. He was in that War Games match, the men's War Games match over on uh, NXT the night before. So the fact that he went 16 minutes and 45 seconds with AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura, I mean, truly two guys who are going to be in the Hall of Fame. That that's just amazing. Just amazing. So, shout out to Roderick Strong. Uh, he's a good guy. I like him. like him a lot. All right, next up, we had a, a NXT championship match, and it was just a regular singles match. Adam Cole, baby. He defeated Pete Dunne. 14 minutes of what you, could, what you expected. You know, two guys who know what they're doing, beating the hell out of each other. It worked out. And it's kind of crazy because, you know, these guys, again... They both wrestled the night before. I know Adam Cole, he was in that that War Games match where he went through a couple of tables at the end, which was just insane. So the fact that he was able to even be in this match just makes me scratch my head. I just, I don't know. He's superhuman or something. I don't know. But shout out to, and I'm not talking about that punk. I'm not talking about the superhuman punk. Or, you know, the, the backyard kid who, who throws himself on toasters and foolishness like that. For, let me let me just put this a side note here. Anybody who's supporting that superhuman kid, you really need to get your head checked, especially you bookers out there. That kid's going to hurt himself. He already is hurting himself. Shouldn't be encouraging that crap. Anyway, Adam Cole defeats Pete Dunne, retains the NXT championship. Next up, we have... Daniel Bryan challenging The Fiend, Bray Wyatt, for the Universal Championship. And The Fiend ended up winning that match. But it was a fun match to watch, of course. I mean, you know, two guys who know what they're doing in there. And Daniel Bryan is just the master. He's awesome. The Fiend, he's at the top of his game. So it was just 
Very entertaining match. And of course, it was all in red light, which was fun to see. I, I enjoy it. I know some of you out there complain about the red light. I enjoy it. I think it's fun. Next up, we have Team SmackDown. Roman Reigns, Braun Strowman, King Corbin, Mustafa Ali, and Shorty G, the guy formerly known as Chad Gable, they ended up winning a 5-on-5-on-5 triple threat elimination match. This is a traditional Survivor Series match. They defeated Team Raw, which is Seth Rollins, Drew McIntyre, Kevin Owens, Randy Orton, and Ricochet, and Team NXT. Tommaso Ciampa, Damon, Damian Priest, Matt Riddle, Walter, and Keith Lee. The highlight of this match was, first of all, this is part of the best match of the night, but the highlight of the match was definitely Keith Lee, Roman Reigns, and Seth Rollins. Just the three of them left in the match. And Keith Lee actually defeated Seth Rollins. He pinned Seth Rollins. And he almost defeated Roman Reigns, which was just amazing. So... In the end, Roman Reigns ended up getting a spear and he won the match. But boy, he had to give Keith Lee his due because Keith Lee hung tough. That guy has a bright future. Keith Lee, I've been telling you for years, I wish you would stop doing those dives. You're too big for that. You're going to break your neck, which is going to set you back. But outside of that, I got a lot of respect for that dude. He's a good guy. Real good guy. Rudy Boy Gonzalez uh, hit me to that, to Keith Lee. Good guy. So... Real solid match. Probably the overall the best match of the night. I know the women's Survivor Series match, it kind of started off shaky, but the end of that match was much, much better. It was great, especially seeing what Rhea Ripley did. I, You know, you could go neck and neck with the end of that match and the end of the men's match and flip a coin. Either one of them was fantastic. That's right. All right, next up, Brock Lesnar defeated Rey Mysterio. In a no-holds-barred match for the uh, WWE Championship. And there were moments where we thought Ray was going to win. Just call it what it is. Dominic came out. Ray had the lead pipe. Beating the hell out of Lesnar. But in the end, Lesnar managed to pull it off. It just, it is what it is. You know? It is what it is. I don't know anyone who, who expected Ray to win. It was competitive. It was interesting. It was worth a watch. But it is what it is. Brock Lesnar continues to be the most dominant force in pro wrestling. And let's face it. I mean, who, who can beat Brock Lesnar? So, it is what it is. The main event of the night, which I was very happy about this, by the way, was the Champions Triple Threat match. Becky Lynch, Raw Women's Champion, versus Bayley, SmackDown Women's Champion, versus Shayna Baszler, NXT Women's Champion. And Baszler was in that War Games match the night before. 18 minutes, 10 seconds, Shayna Baszler wins the match, which means NXT reigns supreme. They are the number one promotion. They won the Survivor Series battle. They defeated Raw and they defeated SmackDown to get that distinction, which was pretty cool. And I got to tell you, this match... Didn't really seem like these ladies had a lot of chemistry. There was definitely some moments that were just kind of shaky. I think that if you would have had Shayna Baszler in there with Becky, or you had Baszler in there with 
Bailey, it would have been fine. But the three of them together, it just it didn't work. Didn't work. But the right person won in the end, which was great. Unfortunately, they had to give Becky her heat back. So even after Baszler won, uh, Becky attacked Shayna Baszler. And she was the one who was standing at the end of the night when the cameras went off, which is just kind of cheap. It's kind of ridiculous. There was no reason to do that, by the way. But whatever, you know, shout out to Shayna Baszler. She's fantastic. I've always said that. I'm real high on on Shayna Baszler. I, I think that she, in a lot of ways is the female Brock Lesnar. She just, she has it all, man. And I think she makes everybody in the ring look better than what they are. And I think that it's very difficult to justify taking the championship off of her because who's better than Shannon Baszler? Good luck to that. So, really, really proud of her. So that was Survivor Series. You know, overall, it was a very good pay-per-view. There was some spots in there that weren't so great but the good definitely outweighed the bad I'd give it a B plus definitely a B plus let's move on to NXT TakeOver War Games first match of the night was Angel Garza he defeated Isaiah Swerve Scott you know Isaiah Scott is, is Shane Strickland but Swerve is Swerve but that was good you know, 7 minutes 35 seconds good match between the two of those guys I like Angel Garza I think he's he's the guy that he's a sleeper. He's the guy who could break through and and, and become the the champion someday. He's a sleeper. And Swerve Scott, I mean, here's a guy who can wrestle any style. He can do it all. He's another one that if he can stay healthy, which he he has been able to do throughout his career, he's another one who could be champion. He's just a very talented dude. So that was now keep in mind that was a pre-show match. On the main card, the first match of the night, 27 minutes, 24 seconds, where was the women's war game match, which, in my opinion, this was the match of the weekend for any promotion. This match was fantastic. This match had it all. It had drama. It had stiff work. It had multiple storylines going on at the same time. It got everybody over. It made sense. It was so logical. And it just, the, the execution was just perfect. It was perfect. Historically, it, it's going to go down as one of the greatest War Games matches of all time. And Team Ripley, so Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae, Tegan Knox, and Dakota Kai defeated Team Baszler, Shayna Baszler, Bianca Belair, Ido Shirai, and Kaylee Ray. And let me tell you something. First of all, Dakota Kai wasn't even supposed to be in the match. That was supposed to be Mia Yim, but somebody attacked Mia Yim. So Dakota Kai was put in her place. And when it was time for Dakota Kai to come out, <laughs> she attacked uh, Tegan Knox. Slammed the cage on Tegan, Tegan Knox. You know, they have little cages before you can come out to go into the big war games cage, which two rings, by the way beat the hell out of Tegan Knox and refused to participate in the match. So it was really Rhea Ripley, Candice LeRae versus the world. You know, those two ladies, they, they had to hang tough by themselves. Basically. It was really interesting. And I'll tell you right now, 
they all got over, man. I mean, Baszler, she was laughing and strutting around. She was the last person to get in the cage. She held her own very well. Bianca Belair, she looked like a star. Ido Shirai, she was doing her normal thing. I think she started the match against Candice. Kaylee Ray, what can you say about her? She's fantastic. She looked great. So, but Rhea Ripley, in the end, she ended up uh, defeating Shayna in particular, which I thought was really interesting. That was really interesting because that's that feud is going to continue to heat up. So, that was great. It was just awesome. A lot of drama. A lot of drama. Loved it. Next up, it was a triple threat match to determine the number one contender for the NXT Championship. Damian Priest and Killian Dane against who? Pete Dunne. And who won the match? Pete Dunne. So Pete Dunne, he won this match, and that's why he was able to challenge for the NXT Championship at Survivor Series. 19 minutes, 56 seconds. Pretty good match. I like that Damian Priest, by the way. You know, Danny Cage of the world-famous Monster Factory, Damian Priest is one of his guys. He was Punishment Martinez on the Indies. And Danny used to always tell me, I'd say, Danny, who's the guy? You know, who's the guy right now? And Danny would say, you got to keep an eye on Punishment Martinez. He's going to be next. He's going to be the next big star, man. I'm telling you, Punishment Martinez, that's the guy. Hey, Punishment Martinez, what can you say? He wrestled on NXT War Games and he wrestled at Survivor Series. What What do you say? So... I guess Danny was right. Next up, uh, Finn Balor defeated Matt Riddle, which was just great in a regular singles match. 14 minutes, 21 seconds. Good stuff. Matt Riddle looks like a star. Not ready to defeat Finn Balor yet, but it'll come. It'll come. Great match. The match to end the night was the men's war games, which unfortunately they had to follow the women. The women were just so good that it was tough for the men to live up to it, but it was still good in its own right. Team Ciampa. So Tommaso Ciampa, Keith Lee, Dominic Dijak, and Kevin Owens. So that was their special person who came out to support them. Kevin Owens. They defeated the undisputed era of Adam Cole, Bobby Fish, Kyle O'Reilly, and Roddy Strong. 38 minutes, 26 seconds of pure bust your butt action. It was awesome. Awesome. Really good match. Really fun. Kevin Owens, you know, way over with that Chicago crowd. Not a surprise. They loved him. So it's pretty cool. I I give War Games uh, an A minus. Definitely an A minus. I gave Survivor Series a B plus. War Games gets an A minus. Thought it was great. Great solid card. Really enjoyed it. Anybody who says that um, NXT isn't pound for pound the best wrestling going today, they don't know what they're talking about. It really is. And that's not to take away from anything else. It's just that NXT is just fantastic. They are just rich with talented people. They are just rich with, with just great solid wrestlers and the best part about it is at any time you can grab somebody from Raw or Smackdown or NXT UK or 205 Live and you can throw them into the mix and it's just fresh matchups constantly it is awesome Rhea Ripley's from NXT UK 
the fact that she's inserted herself into the NXT scene and she's inserted herself on Raw and SmackDown. It just, what can you say to that? Same thing goes for Adam Cole. I mean, he's an NXT guy, but still, he can be involved anywhere. Kevin Owens. On Raw the next night, let me just move on. On, On Raw, Seth Rollins, he called out the whole Raw roster saying that it was their fault that they they sucked and they lost and they made them look bad and you know I guess Seth Rollins is going to be heel now which that's what he always has been you know he tried to play that nice guy stuff and that doesn't work because Seth Rollins is really not the best nice guy in the world anyway he's he's a, he's a much better heel because he's a jerk never liked him but Seth Rollins calls out the whole Raw roster and Kevin Owens is the one who challenged him and and straighten them out which was great that was cool to see so things are moving on and you got to keep in mind you know we got the Royal Rumbles coming up one the road to Wrestlemania baby who's gonna be the main event at Wrestlemania are we gonna see the women close Wrestlemania again or will there be a male storyline that's so strong that they're gonna be back in the main event I can tell you right now, (laughs) Charlotte Flair and Becky Lynch are not over. And I can tell you that there's something going on with Charlotte and Oscar too, which is interesting. And oh, then you got Ronda Rousey. What if she comes back? Rhea Ripley, the young blue chipper. Sasha Banks has something to say about that. And you know, Bailey's going to need a dance partner. Who is she going to straighten out? You know Alexa Bliss is coming back soon. You know Naomi's going to be coming back. I'm sure Nia Jax is doing everything in her power to get back in time for WrestleMania. I mean, she she had to have two knee, knee surgeries, so maybe that's not possible, but you never know. It's going to be interesting. I can't wait to see it. You know, another thing that happened, which was kind of terrible uh, this past week, Mauro Ranello, who... You know, he's Morrow. Did a great job on commentary for NXT TakeOver. War Games. He was supposed to be part of Survivor Series, but he ended up just taking it off. And, you know, even on NXT Wednesday, he wasn't there. Corey Graves was tweeting while War Games was on. And he was doing his little jerk routine saying, you know, there's a WWE Hall of Famer, Beth Phoenix. And there's a a former ROH champion, Nigel McGuinness, right next to you, but you'd never know because all you hear is Morrow. Something something to that effect. I'm paraphrasing. And then he was complaining about Morrow using uh, rap lyric references and things of that nature as well. Let me say this. Morrow Ronello is the best commentator alive right now. I think Jim Ross is fantastic. I love Tony Schiavone. But as far as who's doing it right now and who's doing it the best, you can talk about Michael Cole, who's still active. But Mauro Ronaldo is the man. He's it. He's it. He's in the driver's seat. He's it. So Corey Graves has no position to tell Mauro Ronaldo anything about commentary. Mauro does and He does NXT, he does MMA, he does boxing. I'm pretty sure he does Windows as well, and you can have fries with that. 
Mauro Ronello is the man. So for a jerk like Corey Graves to call him out online, it's embarrassing. And Morrow's very open about the fact that he suffers from depression and bipolar disorder, etc. You got to understand something, folks, because a lot of you humanoids out there have asked me about this. Anyone who listens to the show, you know, I, I got a lot of experience in management and, and dealing with personalities and, and being able to solve problems and things of that nature. When you have somebody who has a documented it's not a secret documented issue like Marl's mental health uh, concerns. You don't go out of your way to make their life any more complicated than it already is. If Corey Graves was a friend, he should have called Marl up and said something to him and gave him a constructive criticism that way or go to management and let them deal with it. If Corey Graves was playing in character, he should have given Morrow a heads up. Hey, man, I'm going to bust your chops and it's going to be part of the storyline. Are you okay with that? Corey Graves just goes into business for himself, talking nonsense, picking on Morrow, and that's just not acceptable. And I said to somebody recently, would you kick a legless person downstairs? Because that's what you're doing. When you take somebody who's suffering from these mental health issues, which are legal handicaps, by the way, these are legal disabilities. Would you kick a person with the leg, no legs down the stairs? Okay. So then why are you calling out? Why are you targeting? Why are you picking on somebody who has made it clear that they have clinical depression, that they suffer from bipolar disorder and who have demonstrated That when it comes to extreme criticism from their peers, it is something that can trigger the things that they have to deal with on a daily basis. You're not a friend, Corey Graves. You're a jerk. And here's the irony with Corey Graves. When you call Corey Graves out for his quality of work, he's the first one to get upset. So you know how it feels, Corey Graves. And I wouldn't be surprised if Corey Graves has depression issues his own damn self. I think he's actually admitted that. So to think that you want to spread your misery around is just embarrassing. Corey Graves. So I'll just say this, Marl, you take as much time as you need, brother. Take your time off. We'll be here waiting for you. And when you get back, we'll be here to cheer you on, man, because let me tell you something right now, Mauro Ronaldo, nobody does that commentary job better than you today. It is not even a thing. Mauro is number one. Period. Speaking of people who are number one, you know, Lana's number one. Lana is the best. Clap, clap. We've got this thing going on with Lana and Rusev and Bobby Lashley, this love triangle thing. Rusev was served with uh, restraining order papers on Raw, and he comes out and he attacks Bobby Lashley and beats the hell out. You ever notice Bobby Lashley keeps getting the hell beat out of him on Raw and put through tables and, and through the set and everything, and it's always the most awesome thing you've ever seen. It's crazy. It happened again. It's pretty cool. Lana tweeted 
She posted on all her social media, actually, that she just signed a multi-million dollar deal with the WWE. Signed a new deal, making more money, more financial security. She has the hottest storyline going in the company today. People may not like this love triangle stuff, but you got to understand something. When you go online and you look at these YouTube clicks, there is nothing getting more attention than Lana Rusev, Bobby Lashley over the past two months. Nothing. That is the number one thing, baby. It is making money. It is getting attention. So you know something? Let it ride. Let's see where it goes. And I love it because I'm a fan of all three of them. And I'm sorry, if you go to the movies, you watch daytime TV, you do any of that crap, how dare you take issue with this storyline? You watch Love and Hip Hop, you watch Basketball Wives, you watch Mob Wives, you watch The Real Housewives, whatever. And if you don't, and it ain't for you, that's okay. But Raw is three hours long. They're giving you something for everyone. Suck it up. Maybe that's your bathroom break. That's okay. I'm just, hey man, I'm happy. They're all making money. They're all healthy. I love it. Good stuff. Good stuff. It's funny. You know, what's what's not so good stuff is some of this garbage that's coming out of AEW recently. In fact, let me let me build break build. Okay. In the spirit of Thanksgiving, let me let me build break build. I like the fact that Scorpio Sky got an opportunity to wrestle Chris Jericho for the AEW championship. I think that's fantastic. Finally, you took a black wrestler, you put him in some something that resembles a storyline. And you put him in there in the title hunt. Finally, black male wrestler, put him in a single situation. Because certainly that's not what you've been doing with, with Sonny Kiss. So, hey, I, my hat's off to AEW. They finally figured out how to use a piece of their talent. Great. So that's my build. Now, here's my break. Kenny Omega does an embarrassing interview recently where he admits that they're not really doing much with the women's division. It's it's subpar what they've been doing so far. I'm paraphrasing. But Omega, his, his excuse is, because he's the one who's booking it, right? So he wants to take the hits here. His excuse is he wants to feature Joshi superstars. So that's why you see all these Japanese wrestlers who are great. I, I got no issues. I like Joshi wrestling. Manami Toyota is my favorite wrestler other than Ric Flair, historically. I love the Crush Gals. I'm a huge fan of Kana, who's now Asuka. Ido Shirai is fantastic. Kaidi Sane is fantastic. So don't get me wrong. Kaidi Hojo was her name before she was in WWE. Don't get me wrong. I'm a fan of Joshi wrestling and always have been. All Japan Women was something that, that's my jam. I still watch that stuff, man. And that stuff's from the 80s and 90s. Give me a break. But Omega says because there are booking issues with the ladies because they're booked elsewhere, that's part of the reason why you don't see them featured more, specifically on Dynamite. But don't worry, it's coming. I promise you it's going to improve. 
Well, here's what I say to you, Kenny Omega. Why are you booking so many women who have booking issues? You have an entire industry of wrestlers who are not signed to the WWE. Let's take them out of the equation. Anyone in WWE, take them out of the equation. Everybody else, you got all of these women. It's like 99% of the industry that AEW has access to and they have the capital. They have the platform to feature them. They have the means to do it. You couldn't sign any of those women. You got to go get all these Joshi women who you allege have travel issues, have booking issues. It's a bunch of crap. It's a bunch of crap because you know who doesn't have booking issues? Chris Jericho, MJF, Moxley, Cody Rhodes. Shall I continue? Adam Page. Do you want me to continue? Joey Janela. You want me to continue? Jimmy Havoc, Darby Allen. I can keep going. These are people you feature every single week on your television program. You mean to tell me you couldn't find women who you can feature as frequently as you've been featuring those men? That's a bunch of baloney. And I don't like baloney. It's terrible. It's cheap. Doesn't taste good. Maybe in an Italian sub if it's done right. But you know what I mean. I don't get it. You guys are whiffing on women's wrestling. And it's embarrassing to see because you were the same people who were marketing diversity and inclusion. You said that you were going to pay the women equally to men, which you had to walk that back because you knew that wasn't true. And on top of it all, on top of it all, you said you were going to treat women's wrestling seriously. Well, I don't think it's very serious when all you have is one women's match on your television program. It's embarrassing. And Kenny Omega, you ought to be ashamed of yourself if that's the best excuse you could have came up with. You know what the better thing to say is? Let me let me give you guys a freebie. Cody Rose, pay attention. Let me give you a freebie here. You know what? We've completely failed. We have missed our projections on what we set out to deliver, especially as it pertains to women's wrestling. We failed. We have some talented women, and it's not their fault. We've just done a poor job in how we've featured them, and that's going to change, and it's going to it's going to change immediately. All that I ask is that our fans continue to support us and allow us the opportunity to do better, to move forward from here. You see that, boys? Look how easy that was. Enough with these. BS excuses. You don't care about women's wrestling because if you did, you would actually take the talent that you have and feature them. So that was my break. Let me go to my build now. Build, break, build, right? It's a sandwich. Positive, negative in the middle, and then positive. I like what you're doing with Big Swole on Dark. She needs to be on, on Dynamite. She needs to be on your TV show. But the fact that she's on your web show and she's tearing it up and people are loving it. Yeah, that's what you do. She's that damn good. Put her on TV, get out of the way, watch her get over. Nyla Rose, 
Mio, just get out of their way. The dentist, get out of their way. Why isn't Leva Bates wrestling on a weekly basis too? The librarian, get out of their way. Brandy Rose is a trained wrestler. Why isn't she wrestling? Get out of her way. You have all of the elements to make it work. People keep saying, well, the women's division is terrible in AEW. No, they're not terrible. The way that they've been featured is terrible. That's a talented roster, man. Don't disrespect those women like that. That's a talented roster. I'm not the biggest fan of, of, of Riho. I think she, she's just, it's amazing that she's a champion, but she's talented. And I think that in the right situation, it can make some kind of logical sense. The problem is they've booked her so illogically that she comes off looking ridiculous. And I doubt she's getting paid as much as Chris Jericho, even though she's a champion. She certainly is not getting featured like Chris Jericho's getting featured. Chris Jericho's featured every week on TV. Rio can't say the same thing. Barrison. But they're a talented bunch. So there's my there's my build. You have the talent. You don't necessarily have to go get others, although I'll tell you there's plenty of others out there that you can get. There's a vast <laughs> it's a vast women's wrestling pool of talent out in the world that you can get. There's no reason why your division should be booked the way that it's been booked. It's just doesn't make sense. So I'm hoping they get it together. Speaking of getting it together, uh, NWA Power this week, real quick, it was a different kind of show. You know, they they blamed it on it being a uh, Thanksgiving special, which is fine. I think they only had like one match. There really wasn't any commentary from Jim Cornette, very little, very little. It was little pieces, but for the most part, they got around the Cornette stuff and they featured the women. They allowed this storyline with Marty Bell. Melina, Thunder Rosa uh, against Allison K, the NWA Women's Champion. They, they're allowing this storyline to continue to develop, which is cool. They did some features on these ladies. And Thunder Rosa in particular, let me tell you something. They did a mini documentary on her and that MMA combates match that she had a couple weeks back. It was just top notch, man. I loved it. Loved it. In fact, I'm going to throw out an invitation. Thunder Rosa, we, we would love to have you back on the Duke Loves Wrestling podcast. Let's have you come on next week. I want to talk about everything. I want to talk about the, the MMA stuff. I want to talk about NWA power, whatever. We're going to talk. So if you're listening, Thunder Rosa, come on the show next week. But I'll tell you, I mean, despite the fact that there was only like one wrestling match, they had the question mark, which is pretty good. Uh, there was only one wrestling match. That was my favorite episode of Power just because they featured the women and they were developing a storyline. I loved it. So, good stuff. Good stuff. Impact, they had some kind of strange thing where it was like a throwback episode and everybody was acting like wrestlers from the 70s and the 80s. It was kind of crazy. Kind of kooky. Reminded me of uh, something that the WWE did similarly. Kind of kooky. I will say, though, that uh, <laughs> the Rough Riders, uh, that was pretty cool. 
Tessa Blanchard and, and, and Jordan Grace and Havoc and the other young lady, her, her name escapes me right now, which is embarrassing. I apologize. I, I'm going to learn her name. I love her to come on the show. Um, they were a team together. And it's pretty interesting because they were acting like they were the four horsemen. They had the shades on. They were saying daddy and all kind of crazy stuff, cutting crazy promos that were, you know, PG-13. <laughs> it was fun. I liked it. Liked it a lot. Some of those matches were kind of weird, but it was a gimmick thing. So I, it was what it was. Not so bad. Not so bad. So they're still trying to figure it out. Impact wrestling. I'm giving them a shot, man. You know, I like the fact that they're on access TV. So I, I, I have high hopes for them. I really do. Really do. So keep plugging along. And that's really what's been going on in the wrestling world. I mean, I, I gave you the Survivor Series breakdown. I gave you the top stories all rolled up into one there. We had that fantastic interview. Stephen Dickey. And shout out to my man, Coach uh, Dustin Davis. Great guy. You know, he has just been so supportive of WOW and so supportive of this show. Just a good guy. Coach Dustin Davis, I like him. You know, he has that. He's the the middle school teacher who has that um, pro wrestling club where the kids get to watch wrestling and talk about it after school. You know, as long as they get their work done and they show up to school. Sometimes they have wrestlers interview with them and stuff, which is pretty cool. Good guy, good guy. All right, listen, I got something special for you. I know that you're all ready to eat. You know, it's Thanksgiving. And instead of having to think up some kind of way to bless your food, I found somebody to take care of that for you. The pastor of wrestling, Mr. Kevin West, he is going to bless your meal. And I'm going to get out of here. So I'm going to leave you with the pastor of wrestling, Kevin West. And then Tony Schiavone is going to take you home right after that. Okay. So enjoy your meal, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. You'll hear from me next week, of course. Be kind to yourselves. Be kind to others. Hey, listen, don't drink and drive, by the way. Don't drink and drive, please. Please be careful out there. Do not drink and drive. It's not good. Anyways, get ready to have that meal blessed. Pastor Kevin West, go get him. Deacon, Tophi, Xavier, and Big E. Prophetess Sasha and Oscar. I'd like to thank everyone for joining us for the Duke Love Wrestling Thanksgiving. And if I can be serious for a minute, excuse me, Lord, because I want to bask in your glory of this undisputed era you have blessed us with. Lord, I ask that you continue to bless all of us including those going through hard time blues, like Brother Ruth, who lost his ravishing Russian wife, Lana, to Mr. Steal Your Girl, Bobby Lashley. Lord, you know we've been down since day one-ish. So in the spirit of Sister Naomi, please bless us with your glow. And Lord, if you ask 
Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Like St. Daniel, I say yes, yes, yes. Lord, wow. As we get ready to unleash the beast on all this grit and glam, we know Nia Jack isn't like most girls, but whether the hunter, hearse, or the Hemsley, I assure you, Lord, we will play no games. Because, see, Lord, there's no chance in hell. We can't see that it's you, Lord, that has blessed us with this slobber knocker feast. So, on behalf of the entire Duke Loves Wrestling audience, I say before the Father, Son, and the CM Punk, let's get ready to rumble! This is Tony Schiavone, and we're desperately out of time on Duke Love Wrestling.